meeting the secretary of the navy he's like yo he did, i'll take a picture he did, he did look while we're at yeah. it i'll post up with you <laughs> exactly it was like send in the marines i was like here i go <laughs> retired hell yeah, uh, that's yeah. i have to ask you put that belly back in the box <laughs> but hey oh, parts on the ground parts on the ground parts on the ground parts on the ground what you gonna do parts, on the, parts on the ground Welcome to the Build Sideways podcast. Um, your host for this evening, uh, Julio, Clippin' Nubs, Big Chooch, the one and only. Tonight I have with us uh, uh, the bro builder, Brian. We got Gumpla Ronin, Zishan. We got uh, the clueless Gumpla builder, Kyle, and Chris Babs. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and Chris Pabs. <laughs> no, you know, everybody has a handle and shit, and it's just Chris Pabs. Okay, that's all you uh, need to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Reputation. So tonight we're going to be talking about uh, the tools make the modeler and uh, how it's changed us <laughs> for better. How has it changed us? I, I mean, yeah. How has it changed us? My uh, bionic arm has made me more superior as a modeler. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when we got the wheel as humanity, <laughs> we evolved. And then uh, God hand nippers or so. We flew to space on our <laughs> robot models. Yeah, so I, I think that's a I think that's one thing that's a massive kind of uh, misconception, right? That, that the more expensive the tool you buy, the, mm-hmm. the better a model you'll be. Yeah, definitely. Right. And that's, I think, uh, very false. Right? I kind of want to go back to the nail clippers. And Wait, so you're you're telling me if I spend $200 on a the brand that shall not be named super sharp metal cutting carbonite blade, I won't just like bust out GBWC award winning things by default. No, if you do, all your seams are automatically gone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Spend the money for the cool tools and an easy button right there easy over with so uh do you guys feel that like the evolution of you as a modeler comes through your tools like you level up you get a new tool Mm, yes and no that's a big question honestly because the variety of tools that are available and the ability to do different things with different tools is so subjective in regards to the modeler. So I think that's a very big question, you know? Yeah. And I mean, sometimes you need a specific tool to do a specific thing and whatever you're trying to create, you just can't do without that tool. Very true. So, you know, uh, I guess maybe it does make the modeler, but not in most, you know, in, again, it's, it varies. It depends on what you're trying to do, 
and what tool you what you have at your ultimately. disposal. Yeah, yeah. I'll say this much, right? Like I think um anybody who is just jumping into the hobby, um, I don't necessarily think need those uh, special types of tools because what's the point in having those special types of tools if you haven't learned how to use them yet? Yeah, exactly. Truth. You right? do need so, the know-how. Yeah. So you've got, you know, you've got this young, fresh new builder who, you know, is just jumping into the game and, and, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's looking at all these great builds, you know, all over the place, whether, uh, whether it's 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 Gundam uh, or sci-fi or you know whatever, and he's asking for advice. And for a lot of uh, seasoned builders, they they tend to forget that you have to start somewhere, and you don't have to necessarily necessarily start from from the, the the very top in terms of like you know the the tools that you use. You know, and I can guarantee you, everybody everybody uh, listening to this podcast, everybody in this podcast, started with the cheapest of cheap of uh, when it comes to tools right because you have no yeah. idea when you start if you you'll even enjoy the hobby yeah right you have no idea how how deep you'll go um and and at the end of the day you are essentially just ex- you're experimenting you're looking to see if this is a, a thing for you so then why why go out and buy the expensive stuff why go out and buy the specialist tools you know because I, I feel Well, there's that one saying like, if you can carve them out with a spoon, and using a chisel makes it like easy. You know, you kind of have to go through the hardships of learning how to use basic tools to the most of their capabilities to really get anything out of more advanced tools. I mean, for the longest time, I used files and some wire cutters and some sandpaper and made do with it. And then when I got to some more advanced tools, I actually was able to use them to their fullest and make it work and actually use the tool for what I paid for it. And also I knew what tools I wanted to buy. I didn't just buy what was the latest craziest thing off the market. I knew, okay, I don't like the way this file does it. So let me look for a file that doesn't do this, that gets me this result. Or I don't like these chisels or I don't like using my hobby knife as chisel. I want to find proper chisels that actually do panel and stuff like you have to use the basic tools have a better understanding of what you're fundamentally trying to do so you can buy the appropriate tool rather than just buying whatever is the latest craze thing uh let me ask you do you think that the new tools that are coming out uh, nowadays are making it easier overall like modeling overall uh yes and no i i will say i mean and it goes back to the same point that you have to know how to use the tool but there is better quality. You know, there's some good quality tools out there, but it doesn't necessarily mean it makes it easier. I mean, you, you say like you were using files before. Now they have glass files. You think that nub removals become easier from it? Like the gate removers and whatnot? Well, no, it does the same thing. It removes plastic. Yeah, but you don't have to go through different grits. You know, between a, a metal file, a... You know what I mean? You don't have to go through this grit, through that grit. I, mean, I guess, yeah, yeah. You, you have a point, like, you can streamline it, but it, it depends on your process, too. Like, how you use the tools to accomplish the same thing, there's multiple ways to do it, but what works best for you to get to that end goal would define what tools you use. Truth. What about you, Brian? Let me ask Brian that. Yeah, Brian, go ahead. I'm like... So I'm a traditionalist. I grew up... One of the first tools I ever learned how to use was a file, right? 
when I was a kid, like like not even 10 years old. First thing that my dad, my stepdad taught me to use or had in my hand was a file or a rasp, whatever it was. It doesn't matter if I was using it for wood, rasp, or if I was using it for metal, file, right? And I had to learn how to use it properly. And um, there's a lot of stuff that goes into it, and there's a lot of nuance when it comes to files. So my, my dad is a locksmith, and cutting keys takes a specific type of nuance when you're using a file if you're doing it a certain way. So I learned to do that process a long time ago. Well, you didn't know I know to do this? Oh, yeah, <laughs> I know how to do this. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> Yeah. So uh, learning. Yeah. So yeah, files essentially are like my base level thing. And then, you know, a blade, a knife, like how to keep a knife sharp, how to use a sharp knife. You know, these are like super basic things to me, but I grew up totally different than so many people out there, but maybe the same as so many people too. It's hard to say, you know? Cheers. Mm-hmm. What about you, Z? You like some tools? No, I like tools and you know, like you said, glass file versus regular file, right? If you don't know how to freaking use either or, you're still going to ruin your plastic, right? So it comes down to you might have access to better quality of tool, but do you know how to use that tool? So again, back to basics, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I guess that's where I was getting to. It's just like learning to use those tools regardless of where they come from to do what you need them to do right so Mm -hmm. you don't need the highest end shit i don't have high-end chisels i don't at all i absolutely do not i I only have a few high-end tools and i'm very grateful for the ones that i have um but um yeah a lot of especially chisels let's say like i did a whole two-part tutorial video in the beginning of my gundam modeling and youtube endeavors that was around the tamiya scriber 2 and some and some high carbide scribes for metal work because that was the experience that I had prior to working with these plastic models in this format. And it did okay, and I I feel like it was a, excuse me like a successful video for a beginner because at that point the medium that I was working in I was an absolute beginner. Um, I see the value of obviously square cut files and or not, uh, square cut chisels and all of the other um, newer uh adaptations to the thing but that to me a chisel or the to me subscriber two and those chisels that i was using i was still able to uh be successful in what i was trying to do so i feel like it isn't necessarily the high quality of the tool or what anyone else says about the tool you're using as long as you can achieve the results that you're trying to achieve that doesn't matter mm. yeah am i wrong that makes sense no, no i, I completely agree all gets there yeah what do you think, Pabs? Um, I mean, I'm in agreement with a lot of what you guys are saying, um, you know, and, and the thing that we're uh, kind of we're, we're trying to hit home here, right, is that you guys already own like the greatest tool that you could you could own in this audience, your brain. Like if you don't have the knowledge, like the base knowledge that you would get from your basic tools, from your basic tool set, from your basic nippers or your files or uh, sanding uh, standing stick or paper you're not going to understand the value and the the ingenuity of these newer more fancier tools as what is is what like z said um you know like i you know when i started man like all i had was a free pair of nippers from an, an e-cigarette store <laughs> 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 it was not great like 
I um I I bought like a whole bunch of of uh ice lolly sticks for my sanding sticks. Um and I I was off to the races. That was all I had and and understanding like the basics of of sanding grit and and uh trying to cut flush and and two-step cutting. It's allowed me to appreciate the things that I'm I'm now situationally buying for the different uh situations that i have um when it comes to to building this stuff so Mm. it's uh it's it's really more of a a kind of basic understanding of the fundamental use of these tools because otherwise man like there's there's no there's no point buying these things if you if you don't understand them at all Mm -hmm. did anybody else picture keenan wayne's with the as dressed up as a baby in the rattle and screaming message when pap says your brain (laughs) (laughs) i wish i was drinking orange juice right now (laughs) so i think that the newer tools that are coming out nowadays make it easier for newcomers to get into it because they're not going to want to sand and go through grits and whatnot so they're going to buy a gate remover and just hit a piece of plastic with it you know but like, when you I say think, that's sorry, so I'm sorry. Okay, go ahead. I think the hype brings them in even more. You know, like all the the new people in the community, like oh, there's a whole new set of tools these people are are releasing, and they'll grab it, not know how to use it, but eventually one day they'll get at it. You know, hmm. hopefully. Well, I think there's a counterpoint to the hype thing because a lot of these tools, like I'm not going to call any names, but a certain GP company sells a eraser product and it's basically a nail file that's got a 50 percent markup on it it's like if you have an understanding of what tools basic tools can do and all that you wouldn't dare spend that kind of money on something that is essentially a basic tool that's been rebranded and put in pretty packaging and stuff and, and that's that's always the concern i tell new builders is don't buy into the hype you don't need to spend large amounts of money on the flip side of that, Kyle, I mean, it's it's almost the same as as um, uh, buying sneakers, right, or buying clothes, right? Mm. It's if it's packaged and marketed a certain specific way, people will buy into it. And oh I yeah, think the, all of these all of these companies that are coming out and you know with their aesthetics and their packaging and the marketing is 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 selling. They're selling these products to these people. You know, it's. At, at its most, and I'm going to keep saying this word, at its, at its most fundamental level, these tools do the exact same thing the cheaper mm-hmm. things do. However, how, how, I mean, however, how would you feel? Like, how would it, for the, the, the consumer, how would it feel if you bought something that was packaged in, in a high quality thing? It's really, it's just, it's just about the aesthetic. Yeah. yeah. And I, well, it gives up it, the vibe, but it's more superior. I wouldn't say yeah. superior, because I, I don't think I don't necessarily agree with it being a vibe of superiority. I'm, it's it's just about it's just marketed better. All of these cheap tools and all of these the 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 non branded stuff is not marketed. It's just it's it's there. It's there for you to buy if you know what they are. Whereas companies who who you know who have the yeah. marketing people who have the the, the budget for stuff like that obviously will be louder and therefore will we'll have the hype. 
Well, and yeah. well, that's the thing. Like, as people who can see that, isn't it kind of up to us to make sure new builders don't fall victim to that? Because their money is precious to them. They're investing in a hobby for the very first time. They can't just be spending it willy nilly and then get burnt out. Quickly, you have to kind that, of that, help scave uh, them from these hype things. It's a very valid point, but it's a sliding scale, so it's hard <laughs> to true. say. You know, I think. I think a lot of people believe that the more money you spend on something, the better it'll be, you know, like you're paying for quality mm-hmm. and they'll see, they'll see a $8 file and be like, Oh, that thing is cheap. It's probably going to break. It doesn't really do anything. But then somebody comes at them with their marketing, like, Oh, this is a gun, something or another that does everything for you. Like they're going to buy it. Oh yeah. Well, they, sometimes that's true. Right? Like, listen, if you're going to get a hooker, you want the best hooker. <laughs> you pay top dollars. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> and if you're, how, how, do you, how do you find your rating? What's your rating system? How do you yeah, find it? That's the question. You know, like, back page, my frame erotic of review. Literally nothing. I believe in the business. I believe in the business is called kink level. I don't. I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm not versed in it. I judge them all on their safe word. If it's a stupid word, I'm not going to them. It has to be something good. I'm like, what the fuck did you just say? Marketing. Outfit. Oh, high class yeah. outfit. That's high class hooker. <laughs> on, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. on the topic itself right like it just custom it, we, we can't we can't keep saying you know people are going to be wasting their money if if they're um if they're buying on, into this brand because there is value in what they're selling right i wouldn't say waste yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah well i mean you know i mean like you said like like you said yourself that that um you know for people their money is precious to them mm-hmm. but uh, it's it's you know it's almost like you're devaluing the the, the brand itself because it's not, i don't think that's necessarily the case i'm not devaluing i'm accurately valuing because you, you got to admit this babs that there are products that are overpriced for what they actually are because of marketing and people fall victim like the whole concept of and let's be honest like you go to a nail salon you can get sanding sticks that have a range of grits and mind you, we're, we're catering to a beginning builder, someone who's learning, just testing the waters. They're not even invested in this full heartedly. You can go to Walgreens or CVS, buy a nail file that has multiple grits that you can use on one build that stages from a high grit to a low grit that you can use that costs you like maybe five bucks. Or you can spend 45 bucks or 100 bucks on a David Union sander. Which would you suggest to this new builder? Oh, I'm not saying that the Walgreens David Jr. isn't worth what it's worth. It just doesn't make sense to well, suggest no. that to a new well, builder. Absolutely. As, a, as an owner of, of a couple of David Union products, I will, and a, a happy owner of a couple of David Union products, I will absolutely agree with you 100%, Kyle, because it's yeah. not a thing that the beginning modeler needs to be in, investing in. You don't need to invest in a high end rotary tool, you don't need to invest in a high end like a linear, collinear sander. Uh, because those things are off your radar completely. Mm-hmm. Like even your scope that, of modeling at that point, that's like no, not yet. And I think that 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 does speak to the larger. Uh, uh, you that, know, that's all I'm getting that's at. Good, yeah. Is this is kind of like if we're thinking about like a new builder, inexperienced, they they're not really versed in multiple tools. How would you like give them suggestions? Is what I'm trying to get at. Well, which goes back around to what I was saying at the beginning that the fundamentals in your brain should be locked mm. in before you, before stuff like that is 
is uh, suggested. But at the end of the day, we are not the ones to to direct them to um, to how they spend their money. And, so, and that's always something I've kind of it's something I've always kind of um, said. You know, whenever somebody asks me for a recommendation, because I, I, at the end of the day, I I will never tell people how to spend their money. If they if they see value in you know in in a certain brand, regardless of whether it's expensive or not, if it's if it's valuable to them, if it if that's what you want to get, go for it. However, my my recommendation would be so and so, right? Yeah. I yeah. You know, I'm not gonna be. I'm not gonna tell you how to spend your money, regardless of how much you, or how little you have. Um, that's your financial responsibility at the yeah, end of the day. And I agree. I agree. I, I'm I, not saying we're going to tell them what to spend. I'm just saying, hey, if money's a problem, maybe go this route instead. Go ahead. Oh, I, I will tell them how to spend their money. A USA Gundam store. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, you know, and, and I agree with Pabs uh, and from a different perspective, too, because sometimes you just want an aesthetic. Like, you know, for someone like me, I like to have all my tools match the look. Um, I'm very visually into stuff like that where like, OK, everything's got to have a black handle or everything's got to be red. Right. So maybe that that's why they want to. Or a bat logo. <laughs> but that's why people are investing into the higher end tools or paying more for the tools, even if I or you may not see the value in that thing. <clears throat> and sometimes it makes sense to just invest in a good quality tool right off the bat <clears throat> and then learn the basics with that tool rather than having to spend your money twice or three times to find you know, I started off cheap and then I went to a medium grade and I'm in a high grade, right? But maybe you have that kind of income and you're like, I'm just going to buy the best thing right off the bat. Yeah. There's no wrong way to go about it. So this whole topic has me a little bit curious, actually. How did everybody, what what tools did you start with? Like what were your, what were your, were your tools that were available to you and what did you, what did you buy immediately after? Bro, it was all uh, nail stuff, nail clippers, nail files. I was like, okay, I could use this, and it worked. I was all I'm all about building on a budget, dude. <laughs> I'm not gonna spend fifty dollars on some sanding sticks. I'm sorry. I'm gonna go to the nail salon and be like, yo, you, you got a bunch of these? Can I buy ten? Hmm. I respect Brian? that. Um. So I um I started from a different end of the thing because like I already had like a bunch of files and I already had like a bunch of stuff that because of metalworking so and I already knew how to like deal with you know what I was working with like I knew material sciences and all that shit but um like yeah I my first pair of nippers are these like fucking hogging like, <laughs> metal, like they're they're sculptural wire cutters ultimately is what they are they're for cutting like armature wire and these were the first pair of nippers that I worked on my first like four or five kits with before I got into like getting like, you know, a set of Tamiya. Like, one, two, threes. You know, like I still don't have a pair. I know. Well, still. Yeah. And these are, these are, these are hogs. They have not lost their sharpness. They will all cut until the end of time. They'll outlast my life. I assure you. And I look forward to seeing them uh, succeed me. What about you, Kyle? Yeah. What'd you start oh. with, Kyle? So actually, I, I'm with a mixed bag between Brian and Julio. I had metal files. 
And I also did the nail salon stuff uh, for a while until I was able to buy like legitimate sandpaper from the hobby store. Um, I also had auto body sandpaper. It's all the same when you think about it. Really, the only difference between the cheap stuff and the more expensive stuff is longevity. You get more stretch out of one over the other, but you end up spending the same amount of money over a certain duration if you really break down the money. But yeah, so I basically started with metal files, a hobby knife, some wire cutters, and some nail salon sandy sticks. How about you, Z? What about you, Z? Um, the same clippers, cutters as Brian, and um, some old sanding paper in the garage <laughs> is what I built my first kit with. And my first chisels were eBay chisels that I or coated with like used tires as handles, <laughs> you know? Uh, but yeah, that's, that's where I started with. And, you know, Testor paints and those stupid little cheap brushes that that's, and a master airbrush from, from Amazon. Like that was my first set of tools. <clears throat> and even when I upgraded, I bought that 1195, you know, Gunpla building kit on Amazon, which came with like a whole bunch of crap that I still have yet to use. <laughs> but I had a little cutting mat and then like sanding sticks and some scissors, like IP scissors and things like that. That's it. But yeah, that's, that's where I started. Pabs came out of the womb with a pair of God hands. We already know this. But he shortly thereafter inherited them like the golden child. I did want to say one thing real quick is that I used to buy lots of um, cast off cast sanding sticks. That's what I have on this. You guys can't see it, but you can hear it in, in this jar. This is the ones that I'm actively using. Yeah, Pabs, you're going to love that in your editing. Um, but I have a whole drawer full of that shit, but I would buy them for like $15, so between 10 and $15 on Amazon, like a lot of like a hundred or something like that. Sanding sticks of varying grits and varying quality. So I got a lot of things that were like weird, but I got a lot of stuff that was absolutely usable. And that was early in my modeling sphere that I started to do that before I got into like the ultimate modeling tools or I got into the Tamiya sanding sponges before I got into the, your your God hands, before your razors, your, before your glass files, anything like that. Like the OG me, just like raw dog that for lack of a better term <laughs> with the, you know, with the, the pick a mix sanding sticks, you know, and there is an avenue to find things that you might need. You just, I don't know. It takes a little bit of searching and you have to try a couple of different things. Like it's okay to start with something that's a little bit different, but it does benefit you to do a little investing in your tooling is what I'm, I guess what I'm getting to at the end of that. Definitely. I'm always on the, the prowl for new tools, just like walking around or whatever. Like, can I use this for something? Uh, Pat, would you start with a spoon, fork? Yo, let me let me take you back, okay? Because I've been waiting for my turn. I've been rubbing my hands, rubbing my chest, getting ready to talk. Like, so um, for me, um, you guys were you guys were way too fancy with your first tools. I didn't have any of that. So, um, let me, yeah, let me take you guys back. All right. So maybe uh, 2003, four, five, I don't know. One of those early, 
early noughts, right? Um, I was on vacation and I, I, I had bought uh, two kits, but didn't realize I had bought kits. I bought a, a no grade freedom and a high grade buster. Mm. And um, I didn't know uh, at the time that those were kits. I just thought, oh, you know, I like, I like robots, cool robots. I want to buy robots. <laughs> and uh, yes. I, yes. I, get, I, go to our, I go to our vacation home. I open them up. I'm like, oh, man, I got to put these together. Like I, I, like, I hadn't done one of those in a very long time. And I was like, oh, man, I didn't know that these were new-ish designs, right? So uh, <laughs> I went to the kitchen to see what I could find. And I found um, the big scissors that you use to cut up, like, chicken ribs and stuff. Oh, my God. And I was like, oh, I mean, these will work just fine. This man got some garden shears. <laughs> yeah. So I went in there and I started putting the no grade freedom. No, actually, I started putting the high grade buster together with with these giant scissors that that were used usually to cut through chicken bones. But instead, I was using to cut little nubs with. I had nothing to sand with. I had no knife. It was just those scissors. And then my uh, my aunt uh, comes in. She's like. Where are my scissors? And she grabbed them off me. <laughs> no, no. What do I do? So I just started twisting the nubs off. And that was genuinely how uh, I started. Like, no tools or anything. And it made me kind of appreciate the stuff that I started to use more. So like I said in the beginning of the episode, I started using a pair of, uh, of free nippers that they used to use to make the coils in e-cigarettes. And, um, you know, I really, I love those. And then, um, you know, my, my good friend over here, Z bought me some Zurons eventually. And those are, have been my, um, my, my workhorses. They've been with me for almost four years and I don't see them going away anytime soon. And, uh, and, and even, even though I have all of this, this newer stuff, right? Like all the, the God hands and all the, 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 this pays and, uh, the, uh, the Simpros and, and, and Manwick, stuff like that, I still go back to those Zurons with every build because it just, they work. And I appreciate the simplicity of them. And I don't have to worry about tempered steel or, um, you know, any breakages because I know for a fact that they, they won't break. And, uh, yeah, for me, I mean, that's how I started, man. Like, I, I had no tools whatsoever. Yeah, uh, speaking of starting and you <laughs> ripping apart runners on a kitchen counter, do, do you think your work area affects your bill? Oh yeah, one hundred percent, man. Like, right? it, yeah, like how how effective you are, how efficient you are, is 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 heavily reliant upon how uh, how you surround yourself with the things that you use. Yeah, like, like Kyle's in a, a motel right now. How's that build going right now, Kyle? <laughs> fucking sucks. I'm missing half my tools. And this is, I can only do so much. Yeah. No, you I don't understand. But, you know, I just figured out who Pabs was before Gunpla. You know that Indian guy building all that shit in the jungle, like a mansion with a pool with just, like, <laughs> rocks in his underwear? That was Pabs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This guy's got like a billion followers. <laughs> he makes That's some dope shit, though. Yeah, I made mean, ground pool it for you. Uh, yeah. using only my ass. It turns out all of it's a hoax. Like, what? They, they didn't actually oh, build it out of dirt. It's all a hoax. They actually poured concrete. And, like, there's a whole thing about it. Just ruined it from hundreds of listeners. <laughs> yeah. 
No as what? I, as I finished my last diatribe about cheap sanding sticks on Amazon, I was uh, listening to Pabs talk about his taking it back comment. And when I first started building model kits back in the late 80s and the early 90s, I was using a straight razor blade with a, one of those like, you know, the regular like single edge blade with the back on it, you know, and I was, that was what I used to cut. Um, my runners off. I didn't use any sanding sticks. I only used that razor blade to do any cleanup. Holy shit. Everything was glued with that same crappy glue pabs that I talked about on the last episode. <laughs> and, and all of my decals were placed on raw plastic with no setter, no solver, just water. You licked them on. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, I put them in water and I did my thing, but it, that was, I mean, I didn't know any better. Uh, Tastes like when chicken. I started, you know? <laughs> it was before I even started painting kits. When I first started doing it, when I first when I built that first SR seventy one Blackbird, I I put that whole thing, you know, fingerprints on the on the clear plastic and everything from the glue <laughs> and like everything all over the place, you know, and and it was just like decals straight from the run, straight on the plastic, you know, and it was no clear coats. I had known no better. My stepdad didn't know. My dad didn't know no better either. You know, it just was what it was. Were you, were you like mm-hmm. building this on the on the floor, like the kitchen? No, floor? it was on a card table. We built a, yeah, table. we built a lot of models together. It was great. It was bonding, like motherfucker. You know, it was great. Uh, that's pretty. Yeah, cool. it's true. That's you're right, Brian. And like you know, my first ever build day was me and my three brothers busting open the boxes of monogram models, the glow in the dark SR seventy one under blue light. And we would just rip this thing apart and build it. And then like, we got to go to Spencer gifts and buy a black light. <laughs> <laughs> I got to see this thing shine, man. Yeah, I got to see glow. Go and now I hate clear plastic kits. As you start shining the light everywhere else. Wait a minute. <laughs> CSI. Like, Not on my who's jerking off over here? <laughs> <laughs> this sock is glowing. <laughs> our our, our workstations have evolved from our first interaction with a model. Like I used to build on a, a dinner tray, like a TV tray. I used to set it up in front and be like, nah, this is my work area. You, you can't come around my dinner tray. <laughs> and not until recently, I actually got a desk and it's like, it's expanded my whole workflow. It's, it's really crazy. I hear you. When, when I got back into modeling, Julio, I also worked on a, a, a weird pop-up like IKEA fold-out kind of table thing. Like, what what was this? I don't know. I it was like, my old skate boss when I was a skater was like, "Hey, I'm gonna throw this shit out. You want it?" And I was like, "Sure." I have a new apartment. I would like furniture. <laughs> and I would like table, ma'am. Yeah, right. <laughs> and I worked on this thing that was absolutely not conducive to being worked on, but I made it work. You know, I think that was what it was about. So um, I think I think this is a this is something a lot of builders tend to um, not really give too much thought into, right? Like the efficiency of uh, how you surround yourself with the tools that you use. Um, you know, back when uh, back before I had bought uh, this house that I'm currently in, and I was living out in uh, in the in a townhouse with this massive basement. I had set it up so that everything was within an arm's reach for me. Like, you know, if I if I needed something, all I would need to do is swivel, swivel my chair to the left or to the right and grab the, the thing I needed. 
nothing was ever out of reach. Nothing was um, nothing was too far away. It was easy to to grab things, and it and it it sped up my efficiency, and it made me so efficient um, to a T. And uh, I think that's something that I'm still trying to work on currently with my current uh, current kind of situation. Um, but it's definitely something that I think not a lot of people get into like your workspace is very important you know you need you know from obviously from from an efficiency standpoint but also from a comfort standpoint you have to be comfortable when you're you're sitting here for hours and you're you're putting this thing together and you're trying to squeeze as much creativity as possible from every pore in your skin you know you gotta (laughs) you gotta really are you talking about building models or jerking off (laughs) my juice box is empty (laughs) a little bit of both a little bit of both but, got know, my lotion, you, got my tissue. Your, your creativity really suffers if you're not sitting, if you're not, if you're not comfortable. And um, True. you know, you, if if you really, if you really want to to build to a to a degree of, of a level, um, definitely make sure that that you're in a uh, an environment that that lets you thrive creatively. You know, so. Uh, you know, Kyle, what about you, man? I mean, I know you have been kind of moving a lot of things around and, and all that stuff in the last couple of years. Um, well, so uh, when I first got back into building, so when, when I first started, I was this young kid. So anywhere I could build was where I built. But when I first got back into it as a more serious adult, uh, the house we lived in, we didn't have a spare room. So I built in the kit- in the living room. And boy, did my wife, girlfriend at the time, did not like that. So every night I had to pack up all my shit, couldn't leave it out, and put it away. And it was very tiresome to have to like only build to a certain point knowing I had to clean up. I couldn't just dive into it to the very last second and just leave it and go to bed. Um, and then we moved into the current house. And that's when I slowly started progressing and what I wanted to do in the hobby. So I started making changes. And currently as of recent, and these guys will know it best, um, I've added more tables to my work area because I was building such a large build. I didn't have anywhere to put the parts that were drying when I was painting them. So I was like, I need to invest in more space. I have all this open room now because we converted our guest bedroom into my official office. And I started realizing, man, my work area was heavily lacking. I have this tiny little desk with all my paints and everything on there. And it's great because everything's in arm's reach. My booth's over to the left, but I have nowhere to put shit. Like whenever I'm painting and I have like a hundred parts to a kit, where am I going to put all these parts? So yeah, I've been, I've been steadily evolving and trying to make changes in it. I'm actually currently in a redesign on the whole work area and what I want to do. But um, yeah, it's, if you have the space, it's definitely always worth stretching out to. I mean, Brian, I know you're currently in a new house and having to reconfigure your understanding of your work area. I mean, how's that coming along? Oh my goodness. Where do I start with that? (laughs) So some of you that, that follow us that know me will have known my uh, prior workspace from my various Instagram and Facebook posts. But um, I, uh, I had a, I built everything myself. So I built all my workstation and everything to be modular, to be disassembled, reassembled like Johnny five. If I, at will, um, I, uh, I've used some hobby zone organizers and made some clones of it from wood and foam core and everything like, uh, you, you can just ultimately you make whatever you want all the same, but saying that, uh, I used to have an egregious and glorious amount of hobby space that I used to, uh, 
an unnecessary amount. Um, I no longer have this space because uh, I didn't need it. Ultimately, I was using too much space. I was being too much. I was being gluttonous. So, do you miss it now, though? What's that? <clears throat> do you miss the extra space? No, how could you not miss space? <laughs> Moving around, I could, I could dance and. And drink and sing the night away, but now no, I have to be conscientious and, and courteous. And it, honestly, it's better because it allows me to um, work on my discipline and making sure that all of my workspace is clean and that my whole area, like everything, is like functional. Because I used to get dirty, like we get dirty, right? You get a lot of stuff. You get like that. What do they call it? Critical mess, right? Not critical mess. Call it critical mess on your workbench where. You can't function anymore because you've got too much shit piled up everywhere. Even your own, yeah. you got like a, you got like a three inch by five inch space that you can work on because you got the business. <laughs> I'm going to change Brian's name to Brian Aguilera because he's dirty, like a genie in a bottle. <laughs> <laughs> Probably that, that's the right a- way, Z. <laughs> too dirty to clean my apple (laughs) but uh i mean you know it's it it, there's something to be said about having whether you're having a clean space or or anything right because like i don't have a workflow right now i don't have a build space so truth be told everyone out there versus only exists because i don't have anywhere to paint (laughs) (laughs) you know um but the little table that i do have you know even when i build on it i have to pack everything up away and and that just disrupts my creativity and the flow and yeah there's something to be said about that like i on the other hand like unlike brian would love to be able to leave everything messy because then i know exactly where i left it that night or that two days ago and i can come right back to it and start right there same I was thing gonna if you're organized, man. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say the another thing about your work area is to keep it organized. Like you gotta know where stuff is if you wanna, you know, keep it moving, keep it going. And if your desk is a mess, you're not gonna find nothing, right? I think anyway. I, I can't believe I'm hearing this from Julio right now, man. <laughs> I know where everything is. You think it's unorganized. <laughs> But I, I just really, mean like like I recently put up all my paints and now I know where each paint is instead of digging through a box to get all my paints. You know, sure. like that kind mm-hmm. of organization helps a lot. And I, I'll give a um, I think I'll, I'll give a tip to those who are currently kind of try, struggling to to figure out how they want their uh, the layouts to be right. Um, if if your uh, space will allow it try to have a space dedicated specific things because that way um, you're not tempted to just take something from a, from a spot and move it somewhere else. And then all of a sudden, you know, Oh no, where is this thing? Like it's very easy, at, you know, when you're kind of focusing in and, and trying to do something to uh, accidentally leave something somewhere else. So if you have a dedicated spot for a specific, uh, a specific task, um, it, it just makes things a lot easier for you. Like for example, all of my painting, equipment all of my painting stuff is two flights of stairs down all the way down into the basement level of my uh, my abode like it's um it's not very efficient it's not very um it's not very quick because every time i have to mosque i have to go all the way up the stairs two flights of stairs 
just to, to mask like maybe a single piece and go back down and paint then take all my stuff back up again it's not very efficient there's there's a risk of you know damaging a piece or you know scratching a piece as i'm moving it up and down um but uh the fact that all of my paint stuff is downstairs means i know exactly where i need to go what i need to you know if i need to do something paint wise it's all going to be downstairs so Do do you think your workflows become more efficient because of it like you get everything done here and then you go and get everything done there no um, like even it suffered. Yeah, I think for me personally, it suffered just because it's so far away. It's mm. it's like it's 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 not in in a reachable space for me. So having everything in in their own dedicated space, but close by, would make it uh, a ton easier, a ton more efficient for you if you um if you have it not, not so far away like me, you know. And I think uh, you know for my current builds, it's 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 they've suffered in terms of how long I'm taking to build them just because of where things are situated for me. So uh, if you can have it a little bit closer to you, I think it'll be you'll be a lot more efficient. Your your workflow will uh, will thrive if you if you do so. Sure. Kyle, when's the last time you painted something? I don't know, two months ago? <laughs> no, a month ago before I got on this wild journey where I didn't have a paint booth in a hotel room. <laughs> um, you have everything self-contained in the room, right? Yeah, so I I wouldn't say my work area is perfect, but it's in a good place. Um, I've got my main desk where it's got all my tools, paints, and stuff that's so all do like modifying and snapping and all that. And then immediately to the left, I literally just pivot spray booth i just hook it up do it and i can do it and i have my paints and mix and all that jazz i don't um, know why you, ever feel, laughing. Like, you ever feel like it, it cross contaminates sometimes yes like um i actually yeah. when i did a recent adjustment to things after we got the guest bed out i actually moved this the booth a little bit further away from the work desk because i had a lamp that i was using to shine the desk and everything and it was way too close for comfort so i had to kind of push things out a little bit Give it some room. Um, now I actually stand in front of my booth. I don't even sit. I do need to get a better chair. As these guys know, I have a, a squeaky old chair from a Walmart dining set that I use. Stool. Not the from most some uh, good lumber support. Because if you're there for hours, you need some comfort to kind of really keep your spine and all that intact. That's an important thing to invest in. Yeah. Do you feel like our work areas, our benches are, are constantly evolving? Oh, yeah, definitely. Should be at least for like efficiency. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like you have to, um, as you age, as you mature into the hobby, like as you physically age, you feel like I need to be more comfortable. I need some different things at hand or at arm's reach. And as you mature, you, going back full circle, you get different tools. Maybe they're bigger tools. So you need to rearrange your desk to be able to have access to those tools. Like for instance, you went from an old school paint spray booth to these fancy water ones. (laughs) You got to change your setup around, right? So yeah, I think your build space should involve, should evolve with, you know, your participation into the hobby. Truth. The more you invest in your space, the more you get back from it, no? 
or do you just invest a bunch and never so, build okay, again? So, I'll, <laughs> that's me. I'll count, so I'll counter that question because it, you know, yes, I, I I also feel like my my workspace evolves as 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 I need it or as I see fit. But let's talk about like distractions in your workspace: mm. video game consoles, oh TVs, computers, bro. Bro. porno, yes, pornography. <laughs> I guess sure. <laughs> <laughs> like, how do you guys feel about those things? Like, how does that um, how does that factor into your your efficiency? Does it hinder it? Does it does it aid it? Does it aid your your creativity? What does it what does it do for you? Yeah. So, um, I used to play a lot of Dark Souls, right? So I played like, ah, uh, man, I probably played the Dark Souls one and Dark Souls two. I probably played like easily mm, fifteen hundred hours, right? Dark Souls 1 and 2. Okay. So, um, and then I, um, Dark Souls 2, uh, I finished out on that. And uh, I, I then I started building Gundam models. Gundam models are great. They're fun. I was doing the props. We talked about this, isn't that, and the other. And then uh, Dark Souls 3 came out. And it stole me away from Gundam. And I played approximately 1,000 hours of Dark Souls 3, just Dark Souls 3 alone, in six months and <laughs> no one is like that's a lot of hours okay fine and uh, those are, i love yo, you all right those are, those are those are amateur hours get those up man come on sing <laughs> get those numbers beautiful, up. beautiful anyways no i fell off and that was the thing like that it, it, i literally like i i stopped building all of the models that i was building anything i was doing no props no anything in that and i was just like Dark Souls, man, baby. Hey, you know, distractions, they live. They're there. It's 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 a delicate balance. Between- <laughs> I feel like you you pumped in a ass ton of hours in Dark Souls, but then you hit the bench even harder. Like you came back refreshed and ready to make some shit. It is it is a refreshing oh. experience playing Dark Souls. Those of you that enjoy it, as Julio and I do. Yeah, yeah I feel like so. distractions aren't necessarily a bad thing, right? Because you know, if you focus too hard on one thing for too long, you lose focus. You know, sometimes it's 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 e- yeah. you know it's easy or uh, it's uh, it's beneficial to your uh, your mm, what's the right word for it? It's it's e- it's beneficial to your uh, soul even to to step away from what you're doing you're focusing so hard on so that you can come back to it refreshed um and and just having that distraction near you it makes it easy but you have to find the right balance you know have, find the right balance between yeah. working balance. on the thing you're working on and uh you know kind of being distracted from it I honestly think I suffer from ADHD and just was never diagnosed. So throughout the day, I'll ping pong from different things throughout my command center, as I call it. And it, I, at times it does hinder my my building because I'll sit here all day and run through Borderlands 3 like it's <laughs> brand new again. But I, I, I don't know. It is a, a hyper fixation and different things at times can help 
but it probably hurts at times. <laughs> I'm just it, not realizing it, you know, it. It's all about frame of mind. Uh, but I'll have, I'll have Kyle chime in before I do. Distractions can be evil. <laughs> there are many times I'll get lost in the Pinterest domain. So I'm like, oh, let me look for an idea and a build. And then three hours later, well, no more building. We're done for the night. I spent all of it on Pinterest. You know, or I'm watching a show and I'm supposed to be painting and I'm like, oh, because it's my booth is quite loud. So it's either pay attention to the TV and not have the booth running or be painting and have the movie or something either running in the background I don't care about or pause because I can't hear it. It's you had like we have so much free time in the day. We have to pick and choose where we spend it. And you don't have to always put it in your hobbies like we talked about in the previous episode. Diversify, you know, play video games, do something else that gives you happiness and joy. You don't, you know, if you get distracted, don't beat yourself up about it. But. Also know that if you're supposed to meet a certain deadline, maybe don't get distracted <laughs> so you don't miss the deadline. Yeah. I mean, Z, what, what's mm-hmm. your take on this? I feel like it's a double-edged sword, right? You're, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. If, if you're someone who can, so if you're someone like me who needs to have the music playing in the background or the TV on or the chaos behind you to be able to be like, okay, life is happening, but I'm here in my space doing what I need to be doing. I can still function and and get things done. But I also agree with what Pap said is where sometimes you're focusing so much that you're trying to force an idea or a technique or just the process. And it takes away from, you know, what you're trying to get done. So you, you do need that distraction whether it's a video game or just turning away for a second, watching that episode or whatever's on your TV or whatnot. Right. So it can, it can do both. It can, it can be, you know, a part of it where you're like, this is kind of where I get Zen from, or it could be like, yeah, it's a total distraction right now. So I got to turn everything else away and, and, you know, be in that moment of just that thing. So, it's all about discipline, yeah. right? That's, you gotta be, you gotta have a, yeah. a certain amount of discipline to be able to uh, to have distractions around you, but know when you need them and uh, when you've had enough of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's very true, and that is really like uh, a a a good battle for everyone to have. In a way, like to, yeah, I think that you should actively try to battle your desire to fuck off versus your desire to get better at whatever hobby or passion you have in life, right? So, mm-hmm. like, um, you know, I know writers, I know painters, I know artists, I know machinists, I know everyone that like that. There is a desire to get distracted by the things that are passionate to you and interest you directly versus like your own drive to being a better person. And I think that uh, it is good to try and find that balance. Everyone should pursue it. You should definitely pursue your distractions as well as pursue your uh, creative endeavors, your hobby endeavors to try and become a better person. Uh, What is it? Was it? uh, It was... uh, fuck was it uh last samurai right z mm-hmm. know all ways to become stronger in your own way something along those lines right Some, yeah i think so yeah yeah you have to be it's it, it's yeah that and then there's like uh you know 
with the old and the new, like the blending and that, that movie has so much Bushido kind of wrapped in its dialogue. So, but yeah, but how Bushido, oh, like Bushido is about balance. Straight up Z. Fuck yeah. You brought it back. That was no, no, no. Screw that movie. I love that movie. But screw it. <laughs> <laughs> that philosophy was only have one mind. Don't be distracted by everything. Yeah, Focus on mind. your singular tasks task that I respect yeah. but the samurai way you're exactly like the code of the samurai says something along the lines of know all ways to become stronger in your own way so you should learn all things encompassing to become stronger in your own dedication to your own craft so Pabs is looking at me like I'm confused but like, like he's confused <laughs> but like listen to me bro so like if you really want to be good at the thing that you're doing, you should learn the way that everyone else does what you're doing so that you can be better at what you're doing. Right. Does that make sense? I No. Yeah. It makes sense. Like, like we said it, I think in the first episode where the four of us can set out to build the exact same thing and find four different ways to do that thing. None exactly. of those ways are wrong. Right. And or the five of us. Yeah. The five of us. Yeah. I don't ever include myself in things. <laughs> but, four uh, of you. Silly. Yeah, the four of you. Yeah, you um, guys. But yeah, not, not one way is better or the other and or wrong or right. Uh, but then you will get together and say, hey, oh, how did you do? How did you do it? Absolutely. Now you know four other ways to do it. True. No, that's absolutely right. Because I study the way that all of my friends, my, you guys, my friends and everyone else out there, but especially you, my friends, like my close friends, I study the way that you work and I see the work that you do. And then I, I use that to judge the work that I do and compare and incorporate your style into my style. So I become stronger in my own way by learning the things that you all do. So yeah, Ryan's that's a cool the way of the doo-doo. Yeah. To quote Kenny, it's part of it. Do do Brian. If there's an Uh, in, there has to be an out. Right? You know, to quote the great Ken Watanabe, "To know life in every breath, that is Bushido." Uh, To also, to also quote Ken Watanabe, "Let them fight." No, I think you should fight. I don't think that, I mean, and that's the thing. I think you should fight. I think that you have to have conflict. Everyone should have ideas. You should express them freely and openly, exchange them on the open market, and be honest about the interactions between them. Know your shit. If you are speaking from your heart for truth, right? From like what you know to be true, like my buddy Julio here does, honestly and regularly then you should be have you have no wrong like in any complex so bring always it be honest always Man. be honest even if they don't like it be honest yeah so it's i think with, liking, with uh you know our our tool discussion and our workbench discussion our uh greatest tool to have on our workbench is friends <laughs> I'm going to get down on one easy and I'm going to put you in a headlock. Yeah. <laughs> Friends, how many of us have them? Um, hey, it, is, it is true. Hey, you know? bring back MF Doom. Hell yeah. So, um, just, just, to, yeah. just to be serious for a second, like, I mean, you know, there are times 
times where I do sit in this in this you know workspace that I've created for myself, and I do feel like even though I've I've tried my best to make it as efficient as possible, or you know to make it as motivating as possible, there are times where I just don't feel like I feel like doing anything. But then you know there are times where you guys are talking in my ear, or or you know we're we're, we're hanging out, you know, kind of like this. It does make me go, hmm, just maybe I should it. spend this time and build with just these guys. You know, it's like our own personal, almost like build days. And it's, um, you know, it, there's a comfort in that, that you're not alone in doing this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very much you know, so. That reminds me, that reminds me of an old boy, Cementon. <laughs> Who says the sea can't move in the wind? I knew, I knew he was going to find a way to sing <laughs> in this episode. You remember when Pabs, I did it on purpose because Pabs was like, no singing in the podcast. <laughs> like, he no sound effects and I, it's been really hard. He's stifling my creativity. You're auto-tune you know, uh, you're auto-tune Yeah, auto-tune me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Please and thank you. I love every second of this. <laughs> <laughs> but if you really want me to sing, Pabs, let me know. One more proverb for the night. You ready? <laughs> Confucius say, man with hand in pocket feel cocky all day. <laughs> that, that, that's same thing. that has something to do with what we're talking about. I'm sure of it. <laughs> Racist. Yeah, man. All right. I'm, I'm going to wrangle you boys in. <laughs> Daddy. So, uh, uh, I, I truly appreciate you guys taking the time to come and talk about how you could be a better modeler and a better person altogether. Our, uh, our tools make the model and our benches hold the tools. So them together and you got a patch. Yeah. Whatever you want. <laughs> Hashtag so, do uh, uh, thank you guys for listening. This has been a, a great episode of the Built Podcast. The Built Podcast. Built Sideways Podcast. <laughs> uh, as Built always, you guys ever have any uh, ideas or, or topics you'd like for us to discuss, hit up uh, Built Sideways Podcast at gmail.com and uh, hit up our IG or you know any one of us. Our socials are linked at the bottom of this. Um, reach out. you know we're, we're always willing to talk and, and have fun with you guys. Uh, I appreciate you. Thanks for listening. Yeah, Say just bye, guys. Everybody says bye. Don't forget to rate the podcast. Rate it. <laughs> oh, I forgot all about that guy. Please, somebody yeah. give this man a thumbs up. And please, <laughs> it really please. does really does go far in uh, you know spreading the word of the podcast around. Uh, you know, I hope everyone gets to listen to it at some point and come and talk to us. That'd be great. More friends. Yeah. And don't forget to save 10% at USA Gunnam Show. You more than 10. Nip high football rules. Some people's children, you can't take them anywhere. You're in Chuck E. Cheese, screaming at the fucking ski ball, don't know how to act in the ball pit. I don't know what to say. Bye, guys. Bye.